Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all new and mightier 1090 AM. Good afternoon on a beautiful Friday and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the mightier 1090 of Southern California and 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. I'm joined as always by producer G. Hey Wanley. G. how are you? You know, always grateful that it's the weekend, <laughs> Rush. It is the weekend. Any crazy plans for you this weekend, Jihei? You know what? Unfortunately, I am so boring. I'll be working all weekend. Ah. Uh, but it's just kind of nice to, you know, actually have that weekend. I don't know. Yeah. There's just something about it, right? Uh, Gia, your job is fun, though. I mean, both of your jobs are fun, I think. I think, uh, you know, listen, uh, you watch sports, you talk about sports, you indulge in uh, wine while you're talking to friends about sports. So we are both blessed, uh, you know, to kind of do what what we do. Uh, Gia, big game. I think we need a friendly wager because both of our teams are not uh, doing so great. We have the 12 and 11 Lakers playing the 11 and 11 Clippers tonight at Staples Center. And I have to get in the word state Staples Center or the name as many times as I possibly can before Christmas Day when the name officially changes to Crypto.com Arena. But um, this is normally a marquee matchup, uh, GA. I mean, this is a game on national television on ESPN. Normally, the Lakers, the Clippers. I mean, obviously, the past couple of years when they were fully healthy with LeBron and Kawhi, both thought of as two of the top teams in the West, perhaps going to meet up in the Western Conference Finals. So, not surprisingly, this was an ESPN game before the season. And going into yesterday, Jihei, this was a national television game where we got the word yesterday that ESPN was pulling the game. That, you know, listen, obviously, if you're in Los Angeles, you can watch it on TV still. But on ESPN, if you're around the country and around the world, you will not be able to watch this game uh, instead. And this totally makes sense, actually. <laughs> when you when you hear the game that they are replacing it with it makes sense they're replacing it with the suns warriors rematch those are the top two teams in the league the warriors are 19 and 3 the suns are 19 and 3 these are the top two teams in the league top two teams in the west so it's not like they're 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 just pulling the game just to pull it but it is amazing and this was a very kind of interesting situation g because of this lebron james was ruled out indefinitely because he tested positive for COVID-19 Tuesday when they were in Sacramento. Um, he said, listen, I'm not positive or whatnot. And by the way, you you could be like asymptomatic. So just because you feel fine doesn't mean you can't test positive. But it, he has tested negative uh, numerous times since then, Jihei. And he has been cleared to play. This is an amazing story because I think, generally speaking, uh, there are false positives. But uh, a player testing positive on Tuesday and returning to the team on Thursday, uh, I'm not sure if we've seen that. And again, you're going to hear a lot of people talk about LeBron James and preferential treatment and things like that. So let's unpack this one by one. Number one, Jihei. Again, the game will be on TV in Southern California and in Los Angeles and in Las Vegas and Hawaii. And and so so if you normally watch the Lakers and Clippers, you can still watch tonight's game. But there's a lot of people around the country who will not be able to watch the game. 
surprise at all, if you were an executive at ESPN, I think this is the right call. Listen, you got Suns and Warriors. You have to put that game on if you can. But very rarely, GA, will you see the Lakers and Clippers bounced off of a a primetime slot. Yeah, you're right. I mean, let's get real, people. What's the answer to every question in professional sports? Money. It's always yeah. about the money. And the game that they are putting on their Golden State versus the Suns, it's just more money for them, right? There's more eyes. There's more viewership. It's just, it is what it is. I don't blame um, ESPN executives for being like, look, we're going to pull this and we're going to replace it with this. You know, they, they have to make their numbers at the end of the day. They have to make, they have to make that money at the end of the day. Um, I will, however, also say this. Thank God for DirecTV. Thank yeah. God I switched to DirecTV because if I was doing Frontier right now and I'm not trying to – actually, forget it. I am trying to knock um, you know, uh, Frontier. It's just not a good service. Yeah, you do not opinion. like Frontier. No, I do not. Um, DirecTV was a great switch. I know. Like yeah. I, um, I have a roommate, and he was there, had a huge backlash on this. But DirecTV is wonderful for those that w- want to have sports. DirecTV is – I think the gold standard, I love it. I think it's wonderful um, for those that actually want to watch television live, um, sports live. That's the reason why I got it. You know, um, you, you have the ability. I have the ability now to watch all my local uh, programs, right? I can watch the Lakers and the Clippers. I can watch the Dodgers. I can watch, you know, um, every local channel, the Kings. I can watch every local channel and it's wonderful. So DirecTV, mwah, I love you. Um, LeBron. With this, the preferential treatment with LeBron, I mean, this is technically the NBA's policy, so you can't really sit there and say it's preferential treatment. They said, right, if there's certain, if you test negative a certain amount of times, you can go back to your team, especially if you have the vaccine. Um, and the fact that he has the vaccine, that yeah. definitely helps too, right? So, Although, you know, I mean, and I don't doubt that he did and, and everything, but I, I think when we're f- hearing about certain players that were not truthful, I'm more skeptical than I was before. You know, when you hear about Antonio Brown, for example, being suspended for three games because he lied about his status, Aaron Rodgers, of course, uh, did the same. So, uh, again, no, not questioning this, but, like, for example, if if a player who I believe is vaccinated tests positive and he's presumably going to be out for, for 10 days, I, I begin to wonder. But, um, you know, Happy he's okay. Happy he's back. There are false positives out there, so it it's um, it, it it can happen. I guess it's it's the most high profile false positive because again, you know, uh, for LeBron again to test positive on Tuesday, test negative eight or nine times, and then now be back Thursday and will be playing today. Let me ask you this, GA, because you said more eyeballs are going to be on the Sun Warriors game, and you might be right. If you were the TV executive, and I told you, listen, LeBron will be back. I've gotten word. So LeBron's back. Paul George is going to play tonight. It is Lakers, Clippers. Um, Do you still make that call? Because interestingly enough, when they pulled the game, LeBron was going to be out for not just I mean, for sure Friday, but he was out for a while. And it was a real surprise when LeBron got cleared to play. So if you were calling the shots, Jihei, and you've had some history in sports television, would you have pulled this game? Again, Lakers with LeBron James, Friday night, Clippers with Paul George. Would you have still said, listen, I'm going to pull it? 
You know, that's a, that's a good question because I, I'm, I'm kind of going like doing a tennis match in my head as far as that's yeah. concerned. Um, uh, my bias says, you know, it, it, hindsight's twenty twenty on this one, right? Yeah. Because, you know, it's obviously it's the Lakers. It's a big name. It's a huge franchise. And um, it's, you know, it's showtime, so to speak. Even if they are horrible people, it's still a name, right? But this is better basketball. As 100%. Well as sounds, exactly. Be, there's no, here's the, there's no question about that. If you're a basketball fan, you are watching the 19 and three Warriors play the 19 and three Suns. These are the top two teams in the league, top two teams in the West. Uh, there, there's no que- question in terms of if you want to watch a good game, the best teams, the, the wild card in this, if you c- can call it that, the reason that I would maybe lean towards keeping the game the way it was currently scheduled is LeBron James. You know, if you're sitting at a sports bar, if you're at home, LeBron James is one of those figures, transcendent talents that you're, you're, you're just going to watch. And to be honest, the fact that both teams are struggling, it's a little bit like a train wreck. It's a little bit like a car crash. It's a little bit like, you know, why does like, you know, channel nine here in Los Angeles always flip to the car chase. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, like, I mean, you're going to watch it. You're going to watch to see if they can figure it out. You're going to watch to see Carmelo and LeBron and Russell Westbrook and Anthony Davis. You're going to watch it, I think. But there's no question if if you're a sports fan, if you're a basketball fan, the Suns-Warriors game is the superior game. That That's not even a question about that. Um, if I had known, if I was the executive in it, and I knew LeBron James would be back, and again, so now you kind of have that – you know, quasi controversy of like LeBron James, like, okay, like he tested positive for COVID-19 Tuesday and here he is Friday night taking the court. Um, me, GA, I would have kept it if I had known, but I think the important thing to to note here is that they had no idea about this. They pulled it with, with the expectation LeBron James would not be playing. Yeah. Yeah. But at the same time, like that, and it's, I feel like it's really, really a tough call to make because yeah. you never know, like everything changes day to day, right? Um, especially with the new variant out, the everything's going to change, right? So they did what they had to do. They did what, um, at the end of the day, they put they're putting a better television show on. They're putting a better product on the air with, um, you know, the fact that Suns are on an eighteen winning game winning streak right now, and Golden State and and the Suns are vying for first place in the West right now. So I, it's just it's just a better product. I, I think they did the right thing, to be honest with you. And if you really, 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 really want to watch LeBron James play, you can always go to a bar and watch him play. You know, I'm sure oh, yeah. they have the package and they can be like, look, we'll we'll put it on the television. So, um, and and also it's Lakers Clippers. Two, like you said earlier, Arash, it's like two of the worst teams right now. Like it's not, you know, it, it's not like the well, days of yours. The, the issue is they're 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 just a five hundred team. Like they're Which not the best team. Bad. Yeah, I mean, they're not the best team. They're not the worst team. They're just, you know, middle of the road, which is just such a terrible place to be. Like, if, you, if, like, if you're going to tank, tank. If you're going to be good, be good. But, like, there's nothing worse than being, like, 11 and 11 and just in the middle of the road. Um, it's just a frustrating place. And, and I, I do think that there's some upside for these two teams in the sense that, obviously, with the Clippers, you know, when they get Kawhi back. But with the Lakers, I, I do think – there's some upside there when they get healthy and they all play together. Now, listen, that being said, and we touched on this several times on this show, I don't think either one of those teams are getting 
to the conference finals. I don't think those teams are going back to the finals. So, um, but I do think that they have a, a chance to be a, you know, a team that makes the playoffs, maybe wins a round, and that's pretty much it. Again, not the hope for those two teams when they began the season, but it is what it is. G.A., did you see the score, by the way? The Memphis Grizzlies, Oklahoma City Thunder. Memphis Grizzlies defeated the Oklahoma Oklahoma City Thunder 152-79. to And, yes, I'm going to repeat that score again because that's an actual score. 152 to 79, the 73-point margin of victory is a new record. The previous record was 68 points set back in December 17, 1991, when the Cleveland Cavaliers beat the Miami Heat. Uh, gee, at one point in the game, and this was the one that I screen-grabbed and tweeted just because I, I was like, what the heck is going on? Memphis was, by the way, by the way, Memphis was playing without John Morant. I mean, just think about that for a second. Memphis was out playing, was playing without their best player. He took a 78-point lead. They were up. Uh, what was the score at that point? Anyways, they were up by 78 points, 145 to 67. I'm like, is this like – and I'm not even joking about this actually, G.A. Like if Gonzaga or Duke, I think it would have been more competitive because I think those guys w- would have cared about the game. I, I think when, we, when you lose by 70 – five 78 points there comes a point in that game where you, you just stop caring you don't you, you just quit um what wait, wait so did you the game was not on television unless you have league pass but did you track that game because again i didn't i wasn't aware of it until towards the end and it was like trending on twitter because it was that is just such a crazy score yeah no i did i didn't track it but i did watch the highlights and yeah um, Man, sometimes you kind of wish that the NBA would uh, consider a mercy rule. But I mean, hundred oh, percent. Yeah, but this doesn't happen often, right? Like this no. isn't something. No, I mean that- it's never. I mean, to 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 be down seventy eight points. Yeah, listen, if you're down by seventy points in the fourth fourth quarter, there should be the white flag. It should be like, hey, listen, right. guys. But at the end of the day, though, GA, these are professionals. Like this isn't high school. Like I mean, that's the surprising thing. That listen, when you get to high school sports or even collegiate sports where you could schedule a game between a division one and a division two school, things like this can tend to happen sometimes, right? When you have a division one team playing a division two team, things happen. These are all professionals. This is the national basketball association. I mean, you could be a good team. You could be a bad team. You could be a good player. You could be a bad player, but at the end of the day, you, you, you are still in the, beyond the one percent i mean you were at this is like the best players in the world so to have two of these teams go uh, you know to play one of the teams don't they don't have their best player and they still beat you by over 70 points it's imbe- i mean that's crazy to me that's yes yeah. yeah no and th- um by the way they were up by 32 at the half that's <laughs> so, great, yeah. i mean it, it's not like this all of a sudden they went on this ridiculous run in the second half and they all of a sudden no. they're up by 72 points it's like they were up by 32 initially um, going into halftime. So, I, I mean, good, good on Memphis for playing the way that they did. But how sad is this, though, that this is a team that beat the Lakers not once, okay. but Thank twice. You. So, I mean, Oklahoma City comes in, beats the Lakers, and then they get crushed. And like, crushed isn't even an appropriate word. Like, they just yeah. get manhandled by, um, by Memphis. With, and like you said, without John Morant, their star player, and then they still they still are able to beat the Lakers. I mean, 
the Lakers should be embarrassed right now to look at that score and be like, wow. 100. I mean, that was my first thought because here's the thing, and you just touched on it. I think the Grizzlies were up by almost, or they were up by a ton and the half. But here's the thing the Thunder and the Lakers, when I think back to those two games, again, the Thunder started the season two and six. Two and six, their only two wins at that point were against the Lakers. And it's not like they, you know, like these were good games. The Lakers in both of those games in Oklahoma City, they were up by 26 points. And then they came back to Los Angeles again, looking for some revenge. They were up 19 points. The Lakers blew a 26 point lead to the Thunder and a 19 point lead to the Thunder. And the in the stat that I loved about that game, just because it was just so crazy, no NBA team over the past 25 years had lost or blown two 19-point leads in a single season. And the Lakers did it twice over the first nine games of the season to the same team, a team, by the way, that we are finding out. And we've, we, we kind of talked about it. We said that this, this Thunder team was the worst team in the league. There's a really, there's a really good chance this, this could be one of the worst teams in league history. And the fact that the Lakers lost to them twice and not only just lost to them, they blew two. Big leads, a 26-point lead and a 19-point lead. It's, it's just that that was my first thought. Again, when you first you know see that score, my, my first thought is, how did the Lakers lose to this team twice? Not once, but twice. Ga. Yeah, Nuts. no, that's that. I mean, I feel like every Laker fan, and I'm not a Laker fan, but every Laker fan probably looked at that score and were like, wait, this is the team we lost to. This is the team oh. that we. Yeah. Had this uh, astronom- astronomical league. Then again, I do have other Laker fan friends that aren't even watching basketball right now. So, oh, I uh, get that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, their hopes are dashed for the rest of the season. I think that they pretty much just gave up after uh, those multiple losses to uh, to Oklahoma State or it's Oklahoma City. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so, Gee, you are a big re- recruiting person. You are a big recruiting person when it comes to college basketball, of course, because Duke is obviously always in contention for the top b- basketball players in the country. I, for a while, was into recruiting when you know Pete Carroll was at USC, and they would have top five classes all the time. Um, you know, stopped really caring for a while because Clay Helton. Not, not only was he not a good recruiter, Gee, you know, when you finish in last place in the Pac-12, when you're not even in the top sixty-five of the country. It's like, what the heck's going on? I knew things would change with Lincoln Riley. I mean, how quickly they've changed, though, Jihei, is is incredible. So Lincoln Riley gets named as as the new head coach on Monday. We're here on a Friday. He has already flipped two of the biggest recruits in Southern California from Oklahoma to USC. And a third one could happen as soon as today. Five-star 2022 tailback Relique Brown from Modern Day decommitted from Oklahoma. He committed to USC. Five-star 2023 quarterback Malachi Nelson from Los Alamitos decommitted from Oklahoma. He has committed to USC. And five-star 2023 wide receiver Makai Lemon. From Los Alamitos, again, a teammate of Nelson's has decommitted from Oklahoma. He is expected to commit to USC, and that commitment could, could come as early as today, perhaps next week. Um, gee, hey, these are Southern California kids. They probably did not want to go to Oklahoma. 
but they wanted to play for a coach that could that could help them win a national championship, get them in the college football playoff, help them win a Heisman Trophy. Your thoughts on USC's back, Gia? You USC is once again keeping the best recruits from Southern California. This is why you pay him that money. Exactly. This is why you get Lincoln Riley and you pay him that money, right? Um, yeah, good good on him for turning or turning this program around this quickly. Hopefully, it you know translates onto the field and. We'll see this. Uh, we'll see next fall how how great he he is and how great he can be. Yeah, uh, we're gonna leave it there for now, Gia. Again, big game in Southern California tonight. I don't care what ESPN says. This is still the game of the night here in Los Angeles. Lakers, Clippers, uh, and when we come back, we are gonna hear from Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook on the big matchup tonight. When we come back, right here on the Mightier Ten Ninety in Southern California and the ninety-eight point five The Fan in Las Vegas. We will be right back with the Arash Markazi Show. And you are listening to a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. You are listening to the Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Welcome back to the Rosh Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California and the 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas. Again, big matchup tonight in Los Angeles. Lakers, Clippers, Staples Center. It's not going to be on ESPN, but obviously you can still watch it in Los Angeles, Las Vegas, Hawaii, wherever you watch the Lakers and the Clippers during the course of the season. LeBron James will be back. Again, he has been cleared. So this is still a significant matchup. Two teams that desperately need a win. The Lakers coming into this at 12 and 11. The Clippers are 11 and 11. Let's now hear from Lakers coach Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook on the matchup. Yeah, it's uh, it's welcome to have some practice time. You know, obviously, uh, you know, you don't want to overdo it with their legs. And, um, you know, you want to keep guys healthy. So, you know, you really... Uh, we get a lot accomplished from a standpoint of reps and um, you know familiarity and drill work, uh, you know that really carries over onto the, onto the floor. And you know this group has really um, learned from that, you know, over the last couple of years. But um, you know, in particular, uh, this this season with this group. So um, we haven't touched the floor in a long time. It was great to get guys out there and uh, really tighten in, uh, tighten up some of the habits defensively and work on some of the things offensively with regard to fundamentals. Uh, that we haven't really been able to do on the floor. So it was great to do that today. After tomorrow's game, do you think you'll get two practices in for Tuesday? Yeah, I think our schedule is uh, to be off on Sunday and uh, to do cleanups on Saturday and then have a practice to get ready for Boston on Monday. Um, I have to confirm that, but I'm pretty sure that's how we laid it out. Is it more helpful to have that, especially since you're looking out, maybe missing LeBron for a while? Yes, you know, I mean, you know, obviously, uh, even with the, even if he was in there, um, you know, it would still be uh, welcome and valued to have practice time. You know, but yes, in particular, if he's out, um, you know, then you know, to have more reps for guys to, you know, just uh, you know, see what their spots are going to look like. Yeah, that's more valuable. What's the status of Avery? Avery, uh, you know, got further evaluation and um, he's not going to need surgery. Uh, so that's a uh, really positive news for us. Um, you know, he's going to play. Uh, he's going to be available. Um, uh, but we'll play in a splint uh, if we use him. I haven't decided whether I'm going to give him, you know, some some further time to let let it heal up uh, some more. 
Um, we'll make that decision tomorrow, but uh, he will not need surgery. Have you gotten any clarity on, on LeBron's situation? How is he doing? Um, I guess it's been a few days. Is he still in the protocols? Yes. Okay. <laughs> and then uh, you guys use Dwight instead of DeAndre to, to start the second half. Is that something um, you're looking at for Friday? And, and what did you like about kind of that look um, as opposed to DJ? Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, we made the decision a couple games ago to – you know, because of uh, trying to play both of those guys in really short minutes, you know, we feel like, you know, is either one really able to get into a rhythm? You know, we made a decision to only use one of them, unless obviously we have foul trouble or whatnot. And, um, you know, it was DeAndre uh, for a bit. You know, I decided uh, in the middle of the first quarter last game uh, that I wanted to see what, what Dwight could do. And it was Dwight for the rest of that game. And, uh, you know, I do intend to start Dwight tomorrow against the Clippers. And, um, you know, but it will be uh, a situation we just monitor really on a game-to-game -game basis going forward, but with the intention of, of really just, you know, giving those center minutes to, to one player, not two, you know, whether it's DeAndre or Dwight. When DeAndre signed here, obviously, one of the things you said you talked about, you know, like he left a situation where he wasn't playing and he wanted to come and play. Um, you've got a ton of veterans. How has it been navigating kind of those conversations so far? Because even despite your injuries, you're still having to have some of those. With Dwight? or With, with both of those guys, right? I mean, you had it with Dwight for a little bit. Oh. Uh, where you said, like, you know, this is going to be DJ's time now. You're, I mean, you've had it, I'm sure, with Kent. Yes. No, everybody Everybody that, that signed on with us this year understands, you know, the bigger picture of, you know, this is a team that's trying to compete for a championship and, you know, sacrifice is going to be required at times, you know, and, uh, you know, all of those conversations have been super healthy and well-received. Did Trevor do anything on court with you guys today? Yeah, so uh, positive uh, news for Trevor. Trevor did, uh, for the first time this season, participate in, in practice uh, on a non-contact basis. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, but most of practice was not contact, so he was in just about everything. And, um, you know, obviously a lot of different movements, you know, that go into that. You know, he's still a ways away, you know, still has a, you know, um, you know, build up period, you know, before we can expect him to be in the lineup. But, you know, definitely a positive step today. Bill, awesome. Hey, Frank. Um, have you had more opportunities to talk to LeBron? Do you have a sense of how he's feeling at this point? Yeah, uh, not since the last time we talked. Uh, right now, all I got in terms of an update is he's still in the health and safety protocols. Okay, then uh, another one, since I can't ask LeBron this. Um, do you Did you happen to catch his tweet yesterday that seemed to indicate that there was something fishy going on about something? I was just wondering if you might know what that was in reference to. I did not catch that tweet, and I do not know what that would be in reference to. Okay. He might be fishing. <laughs> Your words, not mine. Frank, uh, what progress have you seen in the games that LeBron has, has not missed from what you guys were playing you know, weeks ago to, to now, and, uh, especially that second half and second Yeah, well, I just think, uh, you know, Russ's integration into our into our system and, you know, how we use him with, with his teammates. He's such a unique player. I think that's the biggest thing. You know, he's had, you know, a lot of, uh, you know, positive bursts uh, and stretches for our group, um, you know, that sort of direct us into the positions we want to put him in, uh, in particular offensively, but also, you know, with, uh, you know, he's he's a different uh, defender for us now than he was three weeks ago. 
you know, in terms of understanding what's what's expected of him and learning our schemes, you know, which is different than some of the schemes that he's pay, played most of his career. Uh, but he's picking those things up. You know, he's a willing learner. Uh, he's all in with his intention to, you know, to uh, to execute what we're asking him to try to do. And um, you know, I think that's one of the biggest things. But really, the you know, just the group. We're, we got a lot of new guys learning our system. You know, and uh, you know, obviously, it's it's different when LeBron's in there versus when he's not in there. So, um, you know, I do think that we're we're better equipped this time, uh, you know, to handle that than we were early in the season. We're really still learning each other. We have a day um, here in person, and then we'll go to Andy. Right. Yeah, you shared with us the 30 assist benchmark is something that you're looking for offensively. Are there any defensive numbers like that um, as you look to get back to that defensive standard that you guys have said the last couple of years that you look for on a nightly basis? Yeah, um, yeah there's a lot. You know, obviously, um, you know, the biggest thing for me is is the, the overall defensive rating, the efficiency. You know, we're 14th in defensive rating right now. Um, you know, I know there's a lot of talk about points per possession. You know, we play at the second highest pace in the league. So, you know, we're not in the bottom three in defense. We're in the middle of the pack, okay, which is where I expected us to be, um, you know, with such a new group. You know, we're going to grow. So the, the, uh, the defensive rating is the number one metric uh, for me, uh, really, for, for really the whole league. You know what I mean? When you team this, you have a team that's playing with the, the number one or number two pace in the league. You know, so um, obviously there's how many offensive rebounds you want to give up, how many fast break points you want to give up, you know, field goal percentage, uh, three-point percentage, like all those things factor in as well. But um, they all contribute to, you know, the overall defensive rating, which is the, you know, the most important thing for me. And dating back to like the, when Avery first came to the team and he had that period where he was away from the team, you would look at, the defensive rating, you can get it for the individual game and then yes. compare that to what the number one team is in the league. Yes, that's 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 what we get every game. Um, last game was the first time that our offensive rating would rank first in the NBA and our defensive rating would rank first in the NBA. You know, so uh, you know that's always the goal. You know, to to execute uh, on on both sides of the ball. Um, yeah, but we get that after every 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 game. Yes. And Hey Frank, um, how long into a season, broadly speaking, do you allow yourself periods of real experimentation before you decide, okay, I have to really start locking into what I think I want or what I think works best just because of either where you are in the season or allowing guys the reps, that sort of thing? Yeah, it's just something you monitor day by day. You know, I have a big picture mindset, so I'm, I'm willing to you know, uh, take as much time as needed to to experiment, so to speak, uh, to find things that may may work for you. Um, you know, but we got to win games along the way too. You know what I mean? And you don't want to ever compromise the, the win loss record. You know, to explore those things. You know, so um, you know, I think the Sacramento game, the triple overtime game, was one of those games where we were looking at a, a lot of different things. And um, you know, you lose that game, and you know, it's just that sort of centers uh, me, at least, in terms of, you know, getting back to what we do and doing it well. And, um, you know, that's where my mind has been the last few days. I thought there was some really positive um, plays on both both the, the Detroit game and, and the, the Sacramento game, the second Sacramento game uh, at SAC, you know, that uh, showed me, you know, that, you know, our scheme is really good 
Uh, we're going to be creative and, and look for ways to be even better. Um, but when we need to tighten the screws, we know how to tighten the screws. Right. As we've slowly kind of returned to bits and pieces of normalcy, it's been a really long time. At least I can think of that Lakers and Clippers have played in the so-called Staples Center um, in front of the city. Um, what is it? What has your experience been like with that? And, and I know you've talked before about getting like these little slivers back and kind of savoring those things. What do you think it'll be like Friday to kind of have that piece of it back? Yeah, I mean, there's always a, a little more excitement involved. Uh, I can't remember, you know, if we had fans for last year's head-to-head matchups or or not. Uh, yeah, regular season we didn't have uh, full yeah, capacity at all, right? So, um, you know, that'll be fun. You know, that's a that's a fun environment uh, to be a part of. You know, I, I think it's every season's different. You know, obviously the you know the first year. Um, you know, I was here and AD was here um, and Kawhi's first year, you know, I think that's probably where it was at its peak, you know, but, um, you know, there's two great teams that, uh, you know, our city's going to enjoy uh, rooting for or rooting against, you know, so it should be a fun environment. Uh, Frank, to, to, to go back to the defensive rating question, uh, the last couple of years, you guys have been top three in defense and around that, like, 10-12 mark offensively. This year, you're referencing the defensive rating, but you guys are 23rd in offense. Does that surprise you that the defense is ahead of the offense, kind of given the, the personnel shifts that you guys have made? And what does it look like to you end of season? Like, what would you ideally, you know, obviously number one in both, but what do you think is a realistic kind of target for both offense and defense? Yeah, I mean, we want to, you know, I always set out every year, um, you know, to be in the top 10 or even top five in both. You know what I mean? And, um, you know, you never know which is going to be ahead of the other. Uh, early on in the season you know obviously uh we've got a team this year early on that it's it's been uh a roster makeup where you know our defensive lineups have really struggled offensively so you go to your offensive lineups and they struggle defensively you know what i mean so you know to me you know the the rankings are still way too premature to to identify who we're ultimately going to be this season um because there's so much trial and error uh to this early part of our season um you know, but I, I believe we can be a, a top ten in, in in both categories, and and honestly, like it's it's not about what has happened; it's about who we're going to be over the next month, who we're going to be the second half of the season. You know, and I mean, where are we going? Uh, more than more than where we're at, because obviously, you know, what has happened, you know, uh, gets evaluated and adjusted. You know, and 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 this mission this year is going to be about, about peaking at the right time, and we'll continue to grow throughout the season. Russ, uh, is everybody good? Um, you, you have a couple days as a breather here, so to speak, um, between these next two games. Is that helpful, especially considering you guys are looking down a stretch again without LeBron? I mean, it's good. We haven't had a two-day break in a month, you know, for a schedule. So anytime you get a chance to do that, uh, leads to me personally get home chill with the family instead of, you know, coming and going, coming and going. Uh, always helps us out, um, you know, as players and just as men. Basketball probably will kind of take care of itself, but to kind of reset sometimes is always good. I guess when you were growing up in the city, uh, did you did you watch the Clippers a lot? Was that, I mean, I know you were a Laker fan, but, like, did you watch the Clippers? And I guess... Kind of, what have you made of the way that that franchise has sort of transformed in your lifetime? Um, I haven't, you know, I don't, 
I only was able to watch the Lakers because I only, Channel 9, only the road games. Mm-hmm. That was it. Um, I didn't watch much Clippers um, when, I, when I had an opportunity, but they definitely, over the course of the years, I mean, they've had good teams and still have a good team, you know, to this day, so. When you were when you were a kid, did you view Lakers-Clippers as a rivalry? Um, no, I didn't view anything as a rivalry. I was viewing my grades as my rivalry. That's what I was viewing. <laughs> You versus Mav. <laughs> That's me versus, now Mav, I killed Mav. It was me versus <laughs> biology, all the other chemistry. That's what I was worried about. I ain't worried about no Lakers or no Clippers, to be honest. <laughs> well, how's this team, the Clippers, managed to kind of stay afloat without Kawhi? What do you see from them when you watch the games? Um, honestly, I don't watch much basketball, um, to be honest. Um, I'm really busy doing a bunch of other things. Um, kids, you know, business-wise, figuring out how to impact the communities. That I live in, so I don't watch a lot of basketball to be completely honest. So I'm not really sure how they've been playing um, or what's going on. But I know they, you know, they're professionals. They they will figure it out. And they've probably been playing, you know, well thus far. You know, without Kawhi. For, from a, a community standpoint, I mean, you know, there there are two <clears throat> basketball teams in this city, professional basketball teams. That, yeah. Um, are are worth paying attention to. Um, how do you view that as sort of like, do you view that as something that's good? I mean, you, you're around kids in the city a lot. Um, it used to maybe just be like, you were just a Lakers fan. Like now it seems like there are more options on that front. Yeah, I mean, if I'm a kid um, in the city growing up based on what kind of community you live in or kind of how you raise, based on which team or which player or which person kind of gives you more attention, it's probably where you're going kind of go towards if you're a kid in the community. Um, so I think it's good because it has a lot of, we have a lot of professionals here in Los Angeles that can impact so many of these kids and so many of these uh, families um, in a positive way. So I, I don't think it's nothing negative about it. How about guys that have, a bunch of guys that have sort of roots here? Too. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's true. Uh, different parts of LA, uh, PG, Kawhi, myself, and I can't think of um, a lot of others right now, but uh, Oh, I was gonna ask. You got somebody else? Oh no, I was. Oh well then. Oh then, shit. You, you Sorry, man. started talking. I thought you had a name or something. I was just saying. He's like uh, Fizz, yeah. Trev, 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 T A. Yeah, yeah, Fizz. You know, so there's a lot of people here that can impact and do things if they wanted to. So it definitely helps. Um, you know, having a lot of athletes here from LA. Are, are you tracking the season PG is having, and, and and is your guys' relationship such that? You, you can connect now that you're facing the same market right now? I mean, we've always been tight. You're obviously tighter because we play with each other in Oklahoma City, but, you know, our kids go to the same school. They have they do the same sports. They all, we kind of in communication always. Um, I see PG a lot when I'm picking my son up from school or picking his daughter up or dropping him off, vice versa. So we stay in communication. I'm always watching. Um, when I have an opportunity, I see him from a distance. You know, I don't watch full games, but seeing that, um, you know, PG playing well and what he's capable of doing, uh, which I've known, you know, you know, for a while. So, so they just waved him from the minivan, basically? <laughs> oh, no minivan over here. <laughs> no minivan over here. No minivans. Alan Sliwa on Zoom. Hey Russ, um, just curious. I, I know it's still uh, whatever 23 games in the season, but how important do you look at tomorrow's game? And I know you guys obviously look at each game like this, but you got great momentum off that game against the Kings. You guys were fantastic in the second half. Do you look at 
hey, can we go three, four, or five games? Or do you look for a specific momentum like that, or you don't kind of connect one game to another? Um, you just you definitely take some positives from it and figure out we know how we need to play. Um, and definitely tomorrow is a, a big game just for us in general, just creating some momentum and making sure we're moving in the right direction as a team. You you've been very open about like this is gonna take time and stuff like this. Like you've looked more comfortable, I would say, over the last couple of weeks. Was, was there a moment? Is there a thing that you're seeing more clearly um, on the floor? Or is this just sort of just the natural sort of progression of a season for you? Just natural. Um, it, only reason it's natural for me the last four seasons because I've been playing for four different teams. Mm -hmm. So. I have to figure out a way to be able to be effective. That's what the team that's given to me. Um, so with that is a process that I never waver from, the process I never panic, and I just constantly watch film and figure out how to better um, myself or my team. Um, and that's all I can do, and that's why I always never really worry about anything happening in the first two weeks of NBA season, month, whatever, because things can change. You know, as the season prolongs, and um, me as a player, you want to be as the season goes along, you want to get better, not kind of stay the same or get worse. Um, so that's kind of how I look at an NBA season. All right, that was Frank Vogel and Russell Westbrook talking about the big matchup tonight, Lakers-Clippers. Again, both of these teams have been hovering around 500 this season. Um but, you know, the big thing for the Lakers is they do get LeBron James back. It was thought that he, he would be out for a while. Tested positive for COVID-19 uh, Tuesday in Sacramento. Has tested negative numerous times, so he's been cleared to play. So it should be a fun time, fun matchup, and... Um, yeah, we'll see what happens. But again, both of these teams need a win badly. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again on Monday. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. The Arash Markazi Show on a new generation of radio. The all-new and mightier 1090 AM. Everybody got their own thing. Currency chasing worldwide through the hard times. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.